We've got some Hey, I'm Luis. And I'm Luis. And you're listening to the Content is Profit podcast. We spent the last four years learning the strategies and techniques from some of the top marketers in the world on how to create content that turns into profit. If you'd like to learn more how to turn your content into profit, go to contentisprofit.com. That's right, guys. Today, top secrets from fastest digital growth agency owner. Boom, boom, boom. What? And they come from the other side of the world, these, these secrets. Yes, that's why we are live with you here, 8.30 p.m. Eastern. But for them, it's a day ahead. So again, time traveling. <laughs> guys, please don't forget to subscribe. Hit smash that subscribe button. Make sure to follow us on social media at BizBrosco. That's right, guys. And if you find this episode, impactful which i am sure you will don't forget to share it and and leave a five-star review all right so today we're going all across the world once again where the sun shines bright there are three times as many sheep as people we'll have to confirm that one later and the average local person drinks 83 liters of beer per year time to move today's guest is a legend from the land down under australia that's right thanks to our previous guest anthony g murphy or self-proclaimed australian brother we have the chance to talk to possibly the business king of australia he founded the fastest growing fitness franchise at his time exploding to 35 locations within the first six months of operations that's insane that's insane and currently the fastest digital growth agency named 2018 best social media agency of the year and so many others awards just to mention guys this is just absolutely insane he is a go-to business expert when it comes to fast and effective business growth having invested over two million personally and pay in paid advertising and his company now managing millions of dollars a year in advertising spend for his clients in over 30 industries simply put a badass that's right please welcome strategic master Australia's favorite businessman and the guy you need to go to if you want some business growth, Mr. Brad Campbell. <laughs> Brad, welcome to the show, my man. How are you doing? Boys, absolute pleasure to be here. What a uh, an astronomical intro. <laughs> That that's uh that's Fonzie's uh skill that is being developed in the last few months. So I, I'm glad you you enjoyed it, and again, super honor to have you here all the way from Australia. Thank you for uh you know making the time and coming onto the show. Mate, absolute pleasure. Really looking forward to talking to you guys already in the first uh, let's call it nine minutes that I've uh, had the privilege of experiencing you both you have uh very palpable energy so i'm very happy to share <laughs> thank, thank you. you thank you Th this is only like nine coffees down uh on today's yeah. monday which is totally okay <laughs> yeah I, I i did see a video of yours a little bit earlier where you self-confessed that you you love mother and you love the red bull and you're a self-confessed uh you know, let's call it energy drinking <laughs> connoisseur. We need to talk about that because there's other ways to, to create the energy, my friend. There we Ooh. go. Perfect. I am so down to Please. have that conversation. Please. I know Fonzie is I, very I, excited yeah, for that. So. I'm excited for that. I've been getting on his back. I'm like, you got to stop <laughs> with those. That's so. okay. 
So Brett, thank you. I think I think that will be like towards the end of the interview. I think like that's gonna be like my own value point. That can, that can oh. be that can be the hook to the end, you know. The hook to the end. <laughs> <laughs> so Brett, why don't you uh, share with us and with the audience who are you? Like, how did everything started? Because obviously, uh, your your achievements are massive, are amazing, and uh, you know we would like to know how this everything started and now how you're able to help uh, thousands, if not millions, of people like with everything that that you do. Yeah, absolutely. So I guess the the inception of it all really started, and I think it's important to frame this because when I sort of share this, it, it makes a lot of sense to to entrepreneurs out there. You know, I, I see you've got sort of like the Iron Man poster there behind you, and, and I see entrepreneurs as, you know, sort of superheroes. They have these different gifts that most people don't understand. Um, some people actually don't see them as a gift. They see them as, as a, um, you know, as a, Uh, Arkley's heel so to speak and something that's not mm. so great but for me I was that kid who always grew up feeling different mm. I always um, always had this internal drive for something but I didn't know what it was uh, I just knew I love solving problems and that's sort of where it started I love solving problems so I'd create a lot of problems for myself because then I could solve them <laughs> uh, <laughs> I love again sometimes sometimes it can be a superpower but it can also be Arkley's heel right <laughs> um, But I grew up in a very low socioeconomic area, so there, there wasn't a lot of opportunity around me. The internet really hadn't even started then or was taken. Um, so, you know, I was the kid that would be door knocking up and down streets. So I'd be knocking on doors going, hi, my name's Brett Campbell. You got any jobs for me? Hi, my name's Brett Campbell. You got any jobs for me? Wow. And I was doing that because I wanted to earn enough $2 coins um, possible. And the reason being was I wanted a dollar worth of jet plane lolly, so my favorite lolly. Right, you'd call them a sweet. There's our first translation. <laughs> There um, you go. <laughs> and uh, I wanted five twenty-cent pieces so I could play Street Fighter the arcade game because I knew I could clock the entire game with five twenty-cent pieces. Um, so that was my vision back then of when I was a young Beautiful. kid, you know, eleven years old, door knocking to generate money. That was the problem I was solving was my lollies and my Street Fighter addiction. Um, <laughs> as I grew up, though, I always knew that I. Again, I, I was never wanted to settle for trading time for money. Mm. You know, whenever I walked into any job, even like an after-school job, I was like, "How do I own this place? How do I own this?" And that was always mm. my mentality. Um, and it, it took literally, we could fast forward several years. Um, you know, I got kicked out of high school, fell into an apprenticeship. I was a cabinet maker by trade. I had a job, right? So I know what it's like to work for someone. But from day one, I walked into that factory again. I said, "How do I own this whole entire factory?" Yeah. And it was my quest. It was my quest to, but I didn't know what that was, right? I just, it was just like, why do I feel like I need to own it? Why can't I just be happy and satisfied working here? I just wasn't. Yeah. Um, so I love building and I love creating and, and it literally, my entrepreneurial journey really kicked off when I was, um, let's call it 23 years old. And it took me to leave New Zealand where I grew up, mm. um, jump on an airplane with my golf clubs and a suitcase to start a brand new life in Gold Coast, Australia here where I am right now and I have been for the last 14 years. Um, and it, my entrepreneurial journey started in the fitness space. So I, I became a personal trainer and again, I was trapped into this trading time for money and I wanted to, like I was the guy that would be driving past all these big mansions and going, I want to go and knock on their door and ask what they do. Because I was like, why do they get one of those big houses and I don't? Yeah. Like, what what do they know that I don't know, right? Yeah. And it, it was my first ever sort of exposure to a, a, a person who 
said the people who own those type of properties and drive the real nice cars, they don't trade time for money. And I was like, oof. Mm. So I was trading time for money as a personal trainer. I was still, in, you know, I was still charging eighty, ninety, hundred dollars an hour for a PT session, but I was still capped. Yep. Right. Give me, give me forty sessions a week. I'm still only going to make four grand a week, and that just for me, I just I was like, mm. it's. I still feel, yeah. and it wasn't always just monetary driven, but I was like, I, I could do so much more. Yeah. Right. So that's that's where I started. I'm like, okay. I read the book, The E Myth, and they talk about you know the entrepreneur, the the manager, and the technician. I was like, well. I'm in technician mode, but I'm definitely the entrepreneur. That was sort of my first call to arms where I realized I had traits of someone like that. And I was like, oh my gosh, okay, so I've got to do something about this. And mm. yeah, we started the quest. And at the time, we, we built the fastest growing fitness company in Australia and it's essentially almost pioneered the whole online, um, <laughs> you know, online products and, and you know, started that at the very, very starting, this was before Instagram even was around and, yeah. you know, selling products and services online for years and um, that's sort of where I cut my teeth, you know, I, I became obsessively, you know, and I'll write my own ticket here, but I became obsessively good about marketing because when I uncovered that marketing was the, was the catalyst to getting your message and product and service in front of the right people, I took it upon myself to know and learn everything that I possibly could about marketing and right marketing has nothing to do with landing pages or Facebook ads it has everything to do with psychology influence persuasion and what makes someone do what they do yep yeah so I'll pause there I could keep going for the rest of the session but um <laughs> no this is amazing because um you know you mentioned at the beginning of your story that you're you were addicted to solving problems that even if you had no problems you were finding those or making those problems to then solve it and i think a lot of people that starting this entrepreneurial journey might feel that way i know we did uh i remember when we were like what 13 and, and 10 we will go buy these soccer jerseys uh, maybe let's say $5 and then we'll go back to our school and sell it at $25, $30, right? We're like, okay, we had like no need, no, no need to do this, but we're still doing it. And, and it's that intangible feeling that you have in there. So I found wonderful that from the very beginning, you did not ignore that feeling and you took action and you're like, Hey, that's where I want to be. Let me ask that person, like, how do, how do they get there? So then I can learn and then I can do anything that I need to do to get there. So I think that was a, a, a great point, especially for those listening, uh, not just on the content side, but on the entrepreneurial, the general thing. Like if we want to get to some point, why don't we go ahead and ask the people that are already there? You know, we can later talk about coaching and, and all the stuff, uh, how to get there. So it's so wonderful that you got that from the very start. Yeah. Yeah. No, that is fantastic. And Something that I love is the how do I own this mentality, if I'm being honest, you know. Um, mm. I think it, it does relate to somewhat like today's culture of like hustle, but at the same time is like ambitious, right? It, it's, it's straight ambitious. And I think people sometimes are afraid of being that ambitious. Uh, they're afraid of like telling themselves, you know, asking the, themselves those questions, right? And at the end of the day, your life is this dictated by the questions that you ask yourself. So I found that amazing. Do you still, I mean, now you own these businesses, right? But like, do you still have that? Do you ask yourself those same questions still nowadays? Oh, absolutely. I mean, it, for me, and, and I think where that comes from is I always expect the best from me, right? Mm -hmm. As I grew up, it, it came across as being very competitive and always wanted to win, 
right? That's what it sort of came across as as I was growing up. Um, but as I got older and I started to realize and uncover what it really was for me was I just always wanted to be the best that I could possibly be, Yeah. right? So I was comparing myself to others in a way where I was like, for example, right now even, right? We've got a ping pong table in our office and so forth. And, you know, I'm like, if, if I can't be number one on the top of the table, right, I need to figure out how to beat or get up there. If yeah. it's important to me, right? It doesn't mean I'm walking through life going, I want to be better than everyone. Yeah. But I look and I go, I like ping pong. I feel that I should be able to learn the tricks and the traits and what's required to actually be the best that I can be. But I yeah. love being beaten by other people. That's the other mm. part of it, right? People used to say to me that, oh, you hate losing. I'm like, no, I actually really like losing because it uncovers for me something that I'm missing. Yeah. And that's the fastest way for growth, right? Is like I looked at it literally – I've, I've been second on the table for the first year of having this office, right? Um, yeah, my business partner would always beat me. He'd always be beating me. And I'm like, hmm, I've got to figure out where I'm losing. Like, I literally I broke it down. I'm like, okay, what shots do I generally win on him? And where does he beat me? And I'm like, okay, I'm going to do a lot more of that. And I'm going to be, you know, training. Well, not so much training because it was only playing on the table, yeah. right? I'd yeah. be going to get lessons. <laughs> doing more, more of it. Bet him. You know, <laughs> I've recently beaten them anyway. But if I didn't, I probably would have gone and got lessons and go, you know what, this is actually, this is for me to show me that I can actually achieve it, Yeah. right? But you've got to pick poisons. Right? I'm not doing that in every single aspect of my life, but yep. I think having that relentless drive to figure something out is, is absolutely imperative for anyone looking for success in any area of life. Yeah, I, I think that's such an important lesson, right? Because yeah. um, uh, we're always taught, or I've, at least where we came from, right, that, that – I don't think it was like explained to us where it's like, okay, if you lose, that's a positive thing. Like no, nobody talks about that. Nobody teaches you that when you're growing up, right? Is whenever you get to a point where like you're trying to achieve success, right? And then you invest in these coaches, that's when they tell you that because they yeah. lived it from experience. So this is a big question, right? And maybe not on the, uh, you know, maybe we could dive in or maybe not, but the fact is like why we're not teaching the little ones, right? That losing is such a good thing. It's such a, it's a good teacher, especially from the beginning, but because then the brain will be rewired, right? And then you're going to see everything as a great opportunity, right? And we see this in, in with content and the, and the clients that we have and the people that we produce their content, uh, they want immediate results, right? And you probably have a lot of experience with this, with running all the agencies, but it's like immediate. Well, we need to test the message. We need to, you know, be consistent. We need to be present. We need to see what's happening. Are they responding to it? Are they not responding to it? Yeah. And then from there, take it as yeah. a as a winning opportunity and then move forward because it can only get better. So uh, thank you for, for sharing that story. And we can we definitely need a ping pong table here. <laughs> yeah. Fonzie's going to be learning a lot. We, we, we actually <laughs> had a ping pong table at the house and I could never beat my dad. I'm still sour about it. But Do you I, know what the coolest thing, though, in this office is? Is it the ping, so pong table? the ping pong table? I'm looking straight through our studio right here, right now, and I'm looking at it, and it's a Street Fighter Two arcade. <laughs> oh, Ooh. that is so cool! What, when, when we go visit, we're gonna have to. Uh, I, don't have to I don't have to pay twenty cents to play it now. I've got unlimited lives. Hey, there we go. Yeah, that's amazing. <laughs> that is so cool. Um, going over what my brother was saying about the love lo losing, right? Like, I love the intention behind it, you know, and I want people to understand this is like. You just don't lose and then move on to the next thing or lose and then just 
just try to keep winning. You actually give it some thought and say, okay, what am I doing wrong here? How can I improve? And I think a lot of people miss that step, even when they know failure is a, is a good thing. I think a lot of people actually miss the step of sitting down and thinking, okay, what is the other person doing? Or what is what are they doing that that's making them so successful yeah. and that maybe I can improve on, right? So I- you, you, there's, there's, a, there's a learning required around learning how to lose. You need to learn how to win as well. You need... Like there's a way, and that to your to your um, question originally was why aren't, why isn't this being taught to youngsters? It's because most people don't, the general public don't know how to teach people how to lose. Because mm. most mm. people go, it's okay, you're supposed to learn from this. We'll get it next time. It's like, what we're going to do is we're going to create a culture where people are just happy to give up because it's like, oh well, if I lose, it's a lesson. But it's like, but can you break it back down and look at on ways on how you could improve your path forward? Yeah. Right. So for example, ping pong table. It's like, okay. I know that when I hit it to the right-hand side of the table, he's going to mess up six out of ten of those, right? And how do I know that? Because I count. Yeah. I'm like, okay, I'm, gonna, I'm looking for patterns. I'm looking for ways on what's right. And then I was like, okay, I lose like 50% of the serves. So I'm like, if I could just improve two or three of those serves, I've come so close to winning at times, but if I could just improve that by 20 30% consistently, I'm going to become unbeatable because I'm working on the, the areas that I know are going to have the most improvement. Yeah. Right? So I, it's Sometimes you change one or two things about an entire situation and it can change the entire outcome. You don't need to go and change 50 things. Yeah. yeah. I love it. I, right? I want to I play devil's advocate here a little bit because uh, I can already tell some listeners like, okay, well, you know, spin pong table, how crazy are you that you're counting every single hit and you're doing the – like? You're being so obsessive over this little thing, right? But what's your answer to that? I I think I have my own answer, and I think I'm gonna be on your side, right? I, I, uh, I, I think it's like kind of like here's, the, how here's you something do that's good. Oh, sorry. I, I, don't, I, I don't care who's on my side or not, because here's the other part: is am I being obsessive about ping pong? Yes, in this case, I am because I want to beat this person. Simple as that. I decided yeah. that I'd like to beat this person, so I'm going to do what I have to do to beat them. I don't do it with anyone else in the in the business. It's yeah. just this one yeah. person because I set the goal. <laughs> and I'm like, now I'm going to go for it. Right? Good. There's yeah. a lot of other things that I do in life that I don't don't ever put that sort of emphasis on. Yeah. But my point there is, if there is something that you actually do want to achieve, yeah. you need yeah. to actually be very intentional about what you're doing and why you're doing mm-hmm. it, and you need a formula to be able to break it down. Exactly. So if you don't break it down, you what are you going to improve? I'll just say it's ping pong. What are you going to improve? Just continue doing the same shit, same hit every time, or you're not going to get much better. You might get better at that hit. Yeah. But you're you're actually giving them the ability to actually return it back even better, and and there's no change in your game. So yeah, I'm being obsessive about that because I decided to be, and guess what? I'm allowed to. For the yeah. record, for the record, we're like a hundred percent with you. Just so you know, because we're like, why are you guys so obsessive about the show? About what the way that you guys do it is because that's our ping pong table, right? That's <laughs> that's why we're obsessive. We enjoy this process. We want to get better at it every single day, no matter where we sit. So, thank you for bringing that home. Um, here's, but I, here's what I'd say to a person though who who might be sitting there thinking that. Let's just say someone is sitting there going, "Oh my god, why are you so obsessive about that?" <laughs> my question would be. Why are you so obsessed about me being obsessed? Mm-hmm. Why don't Why don't you take that energy into looking for the positive of this lesson, right? Assuming someone's yeah. thinking that. Yep. Look for the positive and then go. What could you draw out of that? Because let's be honest, 
we could say something, and we're going to say a lot of things on this podcast, okay? You could sit there and pick apart anything that I say or you say, and you can look at a negative on all of it, okay? Yep. 100%. You could also do the same on the positive side and go, okay, how do I pick that apart and look for the positive? We live in such a crazy world where most people, actually, let me take that back. I don't know if it's most people. The people who are making the most noise yes. out there online <laughs> are looking for the, let's pick something apart and pull it apart and find the negative, right? Where if you actually did the opposite and, and pulled it apart and go, oh, wow, what could I learn about this crazy dude from Australia talking about ping pong on how he goes about achieving and beating and being on the top of the table of ping pong, right? Which yep. has not going to change my life, but it's going to make me feel good for a few moments. And it did, yep. right? Yeah. So look for the positives versus the negatives. If that's if if you are someone and you literally did sit there and go, oh my god, this guy's way too obsessive about it. it's like because you're looking at the wrong thing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I mean, I I feel like perspective has been such a mm. huge topic in our life in the in the last month. I mean, that's four it, months. Yeah, in the last four months, especially yeah. we, we've always been pretty positive and trying to learn, but especially in the last four months, we've been tested in our business right with the situation what happened and instead of dwelling and you know getting all blaming in external sources we're like you know what now we got all this time what are we gonna do well let's start this awesome show and i mean we 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 managed to actually grow our team get more clients and it was because of that, of that what you're saying right now which was looking at the positive aspects of situations and everything so definitely thank you so much for uh, for yeah. bringing that up yeah i think that's a that's a topic that has been coming up and you know we often talk about it takes the same amount of energy focusing on those negatives yep. and the same amount of energy of focusing on the positives and making progress and and created that momentum that's gonna get you to even bigger things right uh let me challenge let, let me challenge it right it doesn't take the same amount of energy mm. it's less energy to look at the positive oh, because look at When, when you put yourself into a negative mindset, right, it takes a lot of energy, mm. right? You tell me when you're having a day and you're looking at something negative, it takes every little bit of energy out of your body, right? Not only at a at a mental level, but a, a biochemical, like a chemical level. Yes. Right? If you're stressing and you've got anxiety, you're releasing cortisol into your body. Cortisol is a catabolic. Like it's a, it's not a good hormone. It's not good to be running through your body so it actually takes way more energy to be negative than it does to be positive mm. yeah right yeah. so it's even more advantageous to be positive yeah beautiful yeah. I, i'll right? take that challenge every day yeah i think <laughs> uh, like now that you're putting it in those ways and i'm yeah. thinking about it i've i never thought about it that way but it's like get, being on this positive mindset right it actually like it feels like you build energy actually you start gaining momentum and there's like All right, like let me just keep going. I want to feel more of these, and then yeah, negativity is is just draining. Yeah, hey, Brett, I wanna I wanna ask you like in your journey, right? Like from you know that mentality that you had as a kid growing up, you know, doing on your personal training business, expanding at the 35 locations, owning different businesses. What has been some of the biggest challenges or like biggest setbacks, right? That that you might have thought about, like okay, this is it. I'm, I'm done, like, I'm gonna go try something different. Do you ever think that? Or in your mind, you were always like, no, 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 I'm gonna move forward no matter what. I'm always gonna move forward no matter what, but it doesn't mean it's gonna be on, like, I, I, I'm also not um, stupid. And what I mean by that mm -hmm. is, 
if something isn't working, I'm not going to bang my head against the, the door too many times until I realize that I might need to pivot. You know, I mean, there, there's yeah. been a number of things that I've started and, you know, with inside organizations. Like, I've, I've never really had an ultimate failure when people go, what's the biggest failure you've ever had? I've just had lots of little ones, Yeah. right? Because um, I, I can generally, I won't stay in for something too long for it to become an ultimate failure or I, you know, I, I have a pretty good risk versus reward um way of looking at certain things and and you know yes i take risks but generally they're quite calculated in essence right yeah um yeah. but f for me i'm i'm always going to be moving forward in what direction it's it's going to be north but it's also it could be north east east right it, it could be a little <laughs> bit off here but i'm always going to be moving forward in some way shape or form yeah how do you how do you identify those pivot moments, right? Because a lot of people are like, okay, you know, maybe if I try one more time, maybe if I want, I try one more thing, like it's right there. I can feel it. Mm. How do you identify that moment where you need to pivot? Yeah. So I guess for me, a, a big pivot wasn't, was in the fitness industry, for example. Um, not only we had a franchise, we actually had a um, fitness college. So we were certifying people to become trainers. Um, mm. and, and that business itself, you know, that, that was, that had potential we we're probably going to do you know easily five mil in rev for that um in the coming year and some regulations changed in the industry right regulations change which would require us to totally change our entire business model um i made a fairly quick decision that we didn't want to go down that route and i literally co closed that part of the business yeah. right it was yeah. as simple as that i, d I didn't You know, I mean, there was a few conversations around it, but it was done fairly quickly. Um, and I took the emotion out of it and looked at it from a, you know, direction perspective. And that was the best outcome at that time. Now, looking back at it, could I have done a number of different things? And I absolutely could have. But, you know, there's no point in me looking back at it now with the intelligence that I have now because I wasn't there and it's already happened. And yeah. why would I entertain that conversation with myself? Yeah. yeah. Love it. it reminds me of, uh, I don't know if you've heard of Garrett White. Uh, but he had uh, he put up, yeah. So he put up this massive event. Uh, I think at the time he was paying about six hundred grand, and then you know, right before the event happened, he went ahead and uh, and uh, canceled. Called everybody, the team is like, hey guys, we're not doing this. This is not aligning to our company values. It's not what it is. He refund the entire money to all the attendees, and and that's it. And pivoted, and uh, you know now he is the big guy that he is, right? Uh, which is amazing, right? It takes a lot to, to recognize that. Maybe not, but uh, for a lot of people, it might be for the first time. So I, 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 love the, yeah. I love the psychology of like, I'm always moving north if it's northeast, east a little bit, but I'm always like making progress and, you know, yeah. little fails and, and learning along the way and always elevating, you know, the, the results that I'm getting. I think everybody has seen that picture that is like the life of an entrepreneur that is like, <laughs> The, what you yeah. imagine that is going to be like a straight line and it's like reality and it's like just all over the place, but you're still moving forward, right? Mm -hmm. So I, I relate it to, to what you just said. And talking about I pivoting. Also don't think, though, I also don't think, and I just want to sort of put out some challenging thoughts to that is yeah. Yeah. entrepreneurs have a very different experiences because there's different levels of entrepreneurs I truly feel. And the people that are, because I've never had a, squiggle thing of an entrepreneur like I, i personally have not had a journey like that right so i can't speak yeah. to that i can i can understand because i've coached and mentor and advised a lot of business owners and and i've been able to identify the ones who sort of do have that squiggle effect 
right? The yep. background twisting, turning, and then sort of moving forward. And yeah. Um, yeah, the people who are in that state, that's because they're confused and they don't know what they're actually wanting to do, mm. right? Mm. A lot of entrepreneurs that I know and successful ones don't have that journey either where it's a squiggling around about and this and that and backwards and all and around because they're clear on where they want to move towards. Mm. But it's like sending a pack of entrepreneurs out into the forest and dumping them out there and go, get your, get your way back home, right? <laughs> you send them all off and they're going to go off in all directions, right? But the ones who actually know and they can follow and read the sun and they're going here and they're actually plotting a path they're not going to have that experience, right? So there's so many people out there right now in the, let's call it entrepreneur world, who in my view are actually not entrepreneurs, right? They're people who are who are seeing an opportunity. And don't get me wrong, the opportunities we have with the ability to, to reach people online and, and create and build other things, yeah. right? It's yeah. is absolutely unbelievable, right? So mm-hmm. of course this is going to happen, but it's people are being equipped, Um or not equipped, they're being unequipped, but they've been given the technologies to go out there and try and do stuff. And they think because they see their mate who created an e-com business and he put a screenshot up of him making $15,000 in one day and they're like, hey, if you want the secrets to e-com, I'll teach you how to build an e-com business. Um, and they're like, oh, that's what I need to do, do an e-com business. But they're in love with the $15,000 a day, right? That's yeah. all they're in love with, not the e-com business itself. No wonder they're going back and around and forward and this and up and down. Because they're jumping from one lily pad to another lily pad. Yeah. They're just jumping to the one that vibrates the most with the most energy. And then when the energy dies off in that, they're like, okay, I need to find another one. So I think a cure to a lot of entrepreneurial craziness out there is that before you can get an LLC or you can start a business, I think you need to go through a pre-screening application (laughs) to actually (laughs) uncover if you know what the fuck you're wanting to do. Right? Seriously, I really believe that there has to be some formulation out there that, that can do that. Like, not everyone should just be able to go and <laughs> create a PTY, LTD, or LLC company yeah. and call themselves a business. Because yeah. most people are better off being the number two, three, four, five employee at a company, you know, driven by someone who's crazy enough to be thinking big in this, but they need you more than, you know, you probably need them. Yeah. So it's it's finding the stability in the journey because I think what happens is people coming into the industry, they're like, oh, so this is how an entrepreneur journey is. So they've already expected that I'm going to go up, down, left, right, all around and mm. everything. But it's like it, do- it doesn't have to be that hard and nor should it be. Exactly. It shouldn't be. So uh, we're setting the wrong perspective up for them by going, yeah, I agree with this. I agree with this. Right? Wow. That, food for thought. No, no, thank you for. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm not gonna have dinner tonight. Just like, just the fact that this amazing. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I ate dinner with this food for thought today. That's it. I love the <laughs> the fact that you're you know challenging the ideas. Yeah. And because mm-hmm. a lot of the times the conversations go very with with like-minded people, they go in one direction a lot of the times, right? And I think these are the moments when actually, especially. We right now we're experiencing it and we get to learn the most. So thank you so much for that. Um, and as you were talking now about it, I was literally relieving like my past where we actually we didn't know what we wanted. Literally, we were in that place, right? And we were just jumping one place. Shiny object syndrome. We're like, oh, what are we? What are we looking for? 
And so, I mean, thank you so much because now finally we got clarity. We know where we're going. We, we know where we want to go. And, and we have seen the results of actually focusing in one thing and stay in contact instead of just like bouncing all over the place. Yeah, so I, I, I remember- well, Do you know why I feel I can speak that? Sorry. No, go ahead, yeah. go ahead, go ahead. So the, the reason why I feel I can speak to that and the only reason I speak to that, and I think this is even a, a far more important distinction, right? Because you can hear stuff from anyone and say, oh, that sounds great. You know, cool, mm -hmm. you've listened to someone else say this or you've read a book and you've got some intelligence, now you're sharing it. <laughs> the only reason I can speak to that is I was the guy jumping from a lily pad to a lily pad to another lily pad. So I get it. I get it viscerally because I've, I've experienced it, right? Yeah. I... I You, you yeah. think of anything in the online marketing game, I've probably done it or I've tried it, right? I was, when the WordPress blogs came out real early, I was like, I was building blogs. I've had a website company. I had an affiliate marketing business that I was running, you know, cop, like anything. I was like, okay, now that is it. I need to create subscription membership sites. Okay, cool. I've got to get in and do that. So I was jumping from one thing to another to another, right? I went to one live event and this will give you an insight. And this is why I'm so passionate about Um, sharing these type of conversations because entrepreneurs, once they sort of hear it, right, it's the once you've heard it, you can't deny it, right? When my mum told me when I was a kid, don't touch the electric fence, and I was like, why? So I touched the electric fence. I was like, I'll That's never it. touch an electric fence. I had to experience it, right? Yeah. yeah. So yeah. there's a lot of potential entrepreneurs out there, and I, and I put myself in the shoes because I was one walking through the wilderness. I had no support. I had no mentorship in the early days because I wasn't in that environment. Mm -hmm. But mm -hmm. I went to a live event and it was one of those multi-speaker events where everyone sells a product at the end, right? The first speaker was selling how to flip properties. So how do you buy properties and sell them? I'm like, cool. I signed up to his product. The next speaker was a share trader, like how to make money on the stock market. I signed up to his product. The next was an online internet marketer. I was like, yeah, I'm going to be an internet marketer as well. I did that. And then the fourth <laughs> the fourth speaker was some lady selling legal legal documents that you could have forever, and I thought that'd be a good idea as well. I purchased every program. I'm like, what the fuck am I doing? Be what? Best customer ever for a yeah. conference. <laughs> well, I wasn't because here's what happened, right? I got buyer's remorse like instantly, mm. and I refunded mm. everything, and I didn't do anything, mm. right? So I was so built up with excitement. That when it got to the point of what am I actually going to do, I was so frozen with fear yeah. that I just abandoned everything, wow. right? And that was because I wanted to – I was just running around my head cut off trying to find a home. had yeah. no idea. So how, right? how, how do you find home? Perfect. Good answer. Is finding what really – like what's that thing that you do for free for the rest of your life? That's a really good starting point, mm. okay? What's that thing you do for free for the rest of your life? So I've got another company called Unleash Your Greatness, which is all in the personal development, self-help, self-improvement um, uh, arena, which is the thing that I love the most out of any single thing that I do on this planet because it has the biggest impact, right? Yeah. yeah. But yeah. I talk about the concept. The starting point is what would that? what's that thing that you do for free for the rest of your life? Okay. And then you need to look at and you need to work around and go, well, how could I potentially build something out of that that could actually generate revenue? That's a starting point. Most people right now, they'll ask that question. They'll go, so let me ask you guys, okay? What would you do for free for the rest of your life? If if money was taken care of and I gave you all the money you needed, but you still had to serve and you still had to do something, yeah. what would you be doing every day? Okay. Do you want me to give my answer first? Yeah, yeah, you okay. go first. 
So I, I, I think we found our passion in this show. Um, communicating with people around the world, right? And uh, and I'm not just saying it because of the show, but because we've had such a blast doing this because we, we have been naturally outgoing. Like, we, we, we always thought that we were going to be in front of the camera. At least for me, that's part mm -hmm. of it. And in mm -hmm. the last four months, we were able to pivot to build a business around that. So I really resonate with that. That uh, that question that you did that you that you asked us at the very beginning, mm. because we had no direction before, we started this show as a, a shift in perspective, thinking mm -hmm. it was gonna get us out of that funk a little bit, and then we figured out how to continue the business while doing this, and this is a priority for us. So I I, I think we just had a, a blast. That's part one of the answer. Part two of the answer. I don't think we found the bigger thing. Yeah, I, the, and that, that was going to be my answer. I think we are on the right path. I, me personally, mm. I'm not 100% sure. You know, like we grew up playing soccer. Uh, I'm going to call it football, real football. We grew up playing football, and you, that's what we wanted to do for the rest of our lives, right? And then mm. things changed. We, we didn't make it professionally, and, and I think I've been in a self-discovery path ever since. But like mm -hmm. my brother said, is like the part that I enjoy the most is connecting with people, building community, and and, and building the, these relationships, right? So we actually started a, a, a new segment literally just to talk to new people uh, <laughs> called Content Bites, and we do it now daily on Instagram, and we just hit people up and say, hey, you want to hop in here and have a conversation about, you know, entrepreneurship, content? And and it's literally like the most rewarding mm. part of my day. Mm. So that's a starting point, right? Yep. It's like, how do you, and then how do you work around that? So it's like, what would you do for free for the rest of your life? And look, the reality is you might actually have to go to a job and earn money mm -hmm. until you can figure something out. Or maybe it's something that you do outside of hours, working hours, right? For But but I tell you that there are ways on how you can start to orchestrate and build your own life where most people don't think like that and i totally understand as well because i could turn anything into a business right that's just how i'm wired and my my brain thinks and that's what excites me but i understand the majority of the population aren't like that right but yeah. you can go and work for companies that deliver what it is that you would like to do right there's probably even more opportunities for you to go and find a job somewhere doing what it is that you'd love to do for the rest of your life yeah right and that's it's a big question and it and it really You know, I generally spend half a day breaking it down because there's different variations and levels to it all. And, you know, you might not end up at that thing because you might actually uncover that there's something else. And you just said that a little bit earlier, it's you're on a journey, yeah. right? What you, what you, because you don't have to know what you want to do for the rest of your life, for the actual rest of your life. But right now, based off what you know and you know mm. to be true and how you feel and what, what gets you excited and what amplifies you and, What would you do for free out of the way? What would you actually pay to actually have to do? Yeah. Right? So, yeah. for example, podcasting, talking, sharing, that's that's what I love. I love doing it. I also love being an advisor to other entrepreneurs because I know I've got strategic wealth that could go in to go, hey, what about this? What about that? And I love it and it lights me up. Right? Yet, I've got multiple businesses that do all the tactical things underneath all of that. Yeah, but it's taking years to be able to build and grow and get to that sort of level, right? Yeah. yeah. So, 
it's uncovering the thing that the actual deliverable that you love and if it's talking right that's all it needs to be to start with it's like talking okay you might want to do podcasts you might want to do a, a radio show you might want to do live television show you know and i mean we've got all these opportunities to be able to do that okay. and if you're any good here's the other part you have to be good at it right if you want to make money from it yeah right Anyone can create their own podcast, but if you're not good and you don't know how to interview or you don't have good guests on the show, it's not really going to get listened to because there's hundreds of thousands of other podcasts out there. So you actually have to still be good at it. Yep. Right. And then, then we go back to the ping pong uh, table story, right? Like, hey, I get out this episode. It's not performing how I want. Okay, what happened? Are we tracking? Are we promoting? We're not promoting. Hey, let's go back. What's the guest we're bringing? Yeah. Are they guests that we can actually... Uh, help them promote or whatever, right? Like the the, the ping pong principle, we're going to call that the, the ping pong principle and yeah. how you can... <laughs> yeah, I, I think it, it comes back to the strategic mindset, right? Yeah. I mean, and this, so for, for the listeners here, we actually send a form to the guest, right? Uh, and one is like, what is your superpower? And Brett's here, superpower was literally strategy that's it and i love that i was like dude like this is so cool right and listening talks about the the ping pong story and mm. and what you're doing to help uh, people right these questions that, that you're asking like it, it makes me realize the strategy mindset that you have right how you see everything kind of like from above and you get you're able to tell okay these are the pieces that i need to move and honestly when it came when it comes to this what we're doing right now the podcast That's actually how we've been able to operate now that I, that I look at it. On the, in the other business that we had, we never did that. But with this, we're like, okay, what are the pieces that we need to do? What is the marketing that we need to do around this? And how can we how can we move? How can we promote? How how much time? What are the processes that we need to do for all this? Yeah. So that, that yeah, that that's pretty cool to actually notice that that we never did that with the other the <laughs> oh, other no. things we started. But we we had a story where like a, a few years back we started a screen printing company, right? Because we're you know chasing that quick money. Hey, we saw some opportunity in there with some fitness studios that we were working at the time, and we did. And uh, you know, um, great experience, great learning experience. But we learned our lesson that if you do not enjoy the process, that might not be the thing that oh, you want to yeah. do. Right. And typical story where it's like is in the garage. We bought this machine. We got, you know, our roommate was in debt because of the machine. So relationships got a little messy. Then we didn't want to print the shirts because we we're coming from our regular jobs at 9 p.m. at night. And then we had to print shirts till 3 a.m. in the morning. We did not love the process. Right. <laughs> That's not our passion. And we learned really quickly that we had to get out of that. And we did. And uh, from that moment on, that lesson has carried on. So everything that we do, we're like, are we really enjoying executing on this, right? And if we're not, and the payout or the benefit of helping more people and creating this community is big enough, how can we find somebody that can help us there? And, and that's why this show has become that thing for us. Because we're like, this is amazing. Not just the value for the audience, but the amazing connections that we're making, the guests that we're having, the relationships that we're building. And on the back end, okay, how can we support the production of the show? How can we like bring food home? Uh, and so, so we started asking those questions and then processes started to, you know, form yeah. together and shape into this thing that we're doing now. Absolutely. And the thing that I'll, I'll throw on there is a little bit of um, topping is and some advice that once I heard it, I was like, I can't take it back. It's one of those things. You know, I, I love I love seeking out knowledge and wisdom and philosophies because once you sort of hear it and you can decipher it and you break it through and you're like, oh, that's a, that's a total different way of looking at everything now. Mm -hmm. And that's what I think 
is is one of the key predicates to success is being able to look at something from a different perspective and then uncovering a different potential path right for oh no brett we're losing you we're losing don't the think connection how, right don't think how think who mm. wait don't think how think who okay. I, th I, I think he just dropped the mic because he was um, such a good uh no i think it's it's got enough <laughs> uh, pause there yeah I that's think, right I, I don't like that yeah i cut Sorry, off for a little bit i think the internet through the uh, yep that's right i've got a nice freeze frame on facebook so everyone will be having a good look <laughs> at that face um what i was saying was that that ability to think not how do i do it but who mm. right who mm. can do it for me who can i get to do it for me that's how you start scaling in all areas of your life yeah but if i'm like i'm trying to figure out how do i um how do i beat um how do i get on the top of the table here from at ping pong right i could have just gone who can help me who's the person that i could mm -hmm. go and hire and teach me in probably 60 minutes the thing three things that i'm doing wrong that if i just improve that i could win yeah right same thing in your business too many business owners are trying to do everything in their business and they're not realizing the power of leverage right they are thinking and i see this first and foremost because our digital agencies here this is what we do all day every day right and and the clear distinction that, that that i share with everyone is whilst we run paid advertising over every channel from TikTok to facebook to linkedin to snapchat pinterest google etc anywhere you can spend money online we're able to advertise but we don't build ads, we build businesses. So mm. our, our lens in which we look at things is not about building ads or getting some great conversions. It's about how are we building the business? Yeah. How are we growing commercially, right? So why I link that up is that most business owners think that they need to uncover and learn how to do Facebook ads. <clears throat> why on earth would someone who wants to build a business sit down and start learning Facebook ads if they are really wanting to actually build a business right yeah because facebook ads are so accessible right there's so many things that are success accessible right even to the point with content yep you can get your own camera you can set it all up i did i was the guy i bought three <laughs> bloody video cameras hd cameras i put a green screen in my office i had bought a lapel and i was setting them all up and i was watching the youtube videos learning how to do this and then i'd take the three the three uh <laughs> cards and i'd go and create the video and i'm uploading it to youtube and i'm i was doing everything so i get it but it'll take me an entire day to film like three videos film and record three videos yeah if i had have invested in a videographer which i did at the very start of building our um our uh, agencies i i hired a full-time videographer just to create content and record and and so forth i felt like i did no i put out no content but i put out the most content i'd ever put it out but it was a leverage I yeah. then never had to worry about pressing play or record on a on a video camera. Yeah. And it enabled me, and this is the biggest part, it enabled me, imagine, and th this is the frame that I want for people to realize, if you're currently doing tasks in your business that you know you're probably not the best person to do them, mm -hmm. think of it like this. Again, perspectives. Imagine if you could spend 100% of your time, though, like 100% of your time, working on the tasks that you know you need to be working on to move the business forward right yep unbelievable you you'll you will open up so much more time and it will 
I know at the start it might seem a little bit slower, but when you get to your exponential curve, your exponential curve is going to go way faster than what it would if you sort of drip feed yourself over the next 6, 12, 18 months. Yeah, we're, we're chatting about that earlier today. You know, we're in Arete with Andy Frisella, and uh, I think one of the calls was about uh, about that, about, you know, the power of leverage. You, you have to see that as an investment, not as an, an expense. And sometimes it's hard to see the benefit right away, but we have to see it that way to be able to grow. So... This is obviously a sign from the universe that we're hearing it twice from amazing MVPs, especially yeah. today. So, so, so actually, we got an interesting comment here. I would love to address it. It said, you're speaking from an ideal situation, though, not a startup, right? And I actually, I, I, I love this comment for, uh, for a reason, right? And it's what my brother just said. It's like looking at it as an investment. And... Okay, so there was this moment we went to this event, right? And we knew we needed to do something to start mm. moving forward. And they presented an offer, and it was money that we did not have at the moment. We could not pay it. It was a $25,000 offer, right? And we're, we're like, we know this is going to help our business move forward. And when they pitched it, we didn't take action. And then the, the re-pitch came. And one of the things he said is like, hey, if you're using debt as leverage, right, to as an investment to make more money, that's a smart debt, right? I think that yep. concept is difficult for very people, for a lot of people to grasp, right? It is. Yeah. And you got you got to put your balls on the line, right? Yeah. And there's there's reality that this might not work for you. Yeah. So here's here's my thoughts to that because I see the question too, and thank you, Brandon. Um, So, yeah, initially you could be speaking from an ideal situation, but the reality is this. So these are the alternatives, okay? When I say imagine spending 100% of your time working on the things that you know you should, let's just assume you're an entrepreneur and you're in the startup mode. I would be expecting you to, to be working, you know, 12, 10, 12 hours a day, okay? So during those 12 hours a day, you need to be spending time working on those things that you know you need to do. And the other six hours outside of that from, from 7 p.m. till, till bloody... 2 a.m. in the morning, you need to be working on and learning those skills then that, that you can get just enough until you can get more money. Or the other alternative is go and get another job so you can actually generate the income from cleaning floors to pay someone to run your social media who knows what they're doing. So it's about being le like being able to leverage all different alternatives. Now, I totally get it because I started with zero dollars as well. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And it's about just going, what are you actually prepared to put in to actually get out at the back? Yeah. Even as simple as right now, you could potentially, and I'm not, not going to say I know um, what every government is providing right now from a business loans perspective, but in Australia right now, you could get some really good low interest business loans, right? Yes, it's going to require you to put some skin in the game and go and get some loans. You might only loan $20,000. That's all I put in to start our agencies, $20,000. You don't need like a hundred or two hundred thousand dollars sitting in the bank right now. You just need to go. Okay, I can pay for this next month. Yeah, I've got this next month covered. Now, now I'm going to have to go and make some more money to get the next month and the next month, right? So it's it's it's, it's scrappy, right? It do, it does get scrappy. It's not a perfect science, but the the reality is is when I was in our franchise, for example, I also was building online information products, and I want to be fully transparent here. I wasn't doing it because I needed the money right at that moment, right? Because things were going really well, but This shows the, the work ethic that I had to put in that I want other people to adopt or even, I know people work way harder than me, but I was getting up at 4 a.m. and I was working on information products 
from 4 a.m. till 9 a.m. The team would come in and I'd be in building the franchise mode from 9 p.m. till 5 p.m. The team would then go home. I'd be working from 5 p.m. till 9 p.m. on information products. Mm. I'd go home, mm. collapse into a ball, and <laughs> wake up in a few hours. But I didn't do that forever, right? That was just through a period. Yeah. But it was what I was... Admittedly, now, if I look back and I was coaching myself, I would have bought in and hired more people, but I had that silly mindset that I can do everything and I should do as much as I possibly can, which was the wrong mindset, right? Yeah. That's why I say as soon as I heard it, I was like, don't worry about how you need to figure out HTML coding, Brett. Find someone who can do it and pay them so you can focus 100% on what you, you know you should be doing. Yeah. Yeah. Right? So yeah. It's, it's finding those leveraging points, right? Yeah. I, I, um, I think like big time. Maybe you don't have money to hire someone. Maybe you do a partnership, right? Yeah. Maybe you, you hire someone part-time or you get them in for three hours. Or you, there's ways to figure out stuff, right? It's And this is what it comes down to. The better you are at being able to create and do a deal, you, you, you can create things that... I could tell you deals right now that I've had with people throughout the years where you're like, oh my God, I didn't even know that was a thing that you could do. Neither did I till I sort of put it out and go, hey, what about this? Yeah. Will this work? Right? If you never but ask, I, you I, never I, know. App company. So I've got an app company, right? Do you think I know how to build apps? No idea. I've got zero idea. If you had asked me 10 years ago, I probably would have learned how to do it, right? That's just <laughs> But all I did was I'm like, I'm going to give 50% of this business up to someone who really knows how to build it. There we go. I've got an, a company that I put a couple of hours into a week of that. Mm. But my case in point there is that's a deal that I made. It didn't. I didn't own the entire race course. Exactly. Yeah. Right? So most entrepreneurs, I truly feel, are better off creating a deal with someone else who has a skill set that is that complements them and give up piece of the pie. And I'd much rather own a small piece of something massive than a huge piece of something really small yeah that's that's pretty good and i like it psyche change yeah i i think a lot of people like has have a lot of trouble with that and, and getting out of their comfort area or like ideal comfort situation right I mean, and they're not willing to do that right i i think you know we lived it that moment where we're like okay we need to put ourselves between the sword and the wall and i think that was an expression that we said that back then because we didn't have the money that money came out of a loan that was supposed to finance the next eight months you know while the wife was in school right baby on the way and we're like okay there's like really if this goes wrong the whole family doesn't eat so we have to make it happen right and it was that investment was on a coaching program which allowed us then to acquire it was a, it was a turning point it was a turning point yeah. like it elevated us to the point that now we had to hire a team and then okay same situation happened we don't have the money to hire a team like we have 30 days okay but we mm. need them right we if not we cannot fulfill well guess what as soon as they come on is hands on we got to get the money yeah. to pay for the next month yeah, well, uh, and uh, go <laughs> actually one of the big realizations that we had is we actually turn it and we ask ourselves like why are we not growing and i was like oh because we're in fulfillment mode like we we feel like we have to take care of everything right and i mean we don't have all the technical abilities so we can only do it so good right and thinking this way allowed us to bring people that are better than us doing those activities and now they free our time to go and find new clients and like you said leverage it's all about leverage amazing well Brett, I think too, just like we're about to land this plane. <laughs> uh, this has been an absolute pleasure, man. Like, thank you so much. I know that the audience, thank you. If you're watching live, if you're listening right now, 
This has been an amazing show, and I'm sure you can go back, re-listen, re-watch it, because there's a ton of information here that we can apply today. So I think as an action point, we have like a ton of action points, so we'll do a little summary. But I, I, I want to ask you, Brett, one last question, because uh, we know you publish. And... Uh, our life changed when we started publishing. Like our business changed. Everything was elevated. The amount of relationship that we built has been amazing. Where would you be if you did not publish? Where would I be if I did not publish? It's a great question. Um, I don't know. I, I guess I probably don't see a, a, a reality where I'm not, to be perfectly honest. I think it was the um, the natural progression you know, I mean, I'm on to my ninth podcast right now, wow. um, and I share that not to try and, you know, say how cool I might have nine podcasts, but there's a lesson behind it all. Each of them had their very own purpose. You know, I've got a podcast for just fitness business owners because mm. in a, I was, you know, a few years ago, I was coaching and mentoring just fitness business owners. I've got a fitness podcast. I've got a personal development podcast. Of you know, and it's all purely predicated around a specific, and this just really backs your narrative that you know content creation is absolutely important and it's not the it's not the immediate effect that you get from it either yeah. right i got i got some crazy stories i wish i had time to, to talk about them right now but <laughs> where someone who listened to a podcast four years ago and they've been a subscriber and then now all of a sudden the, the world's come back around and we've come into each other's lives and crazy things have been happening it's like wow all of that from a podcast right yeah so it's it's yeah. it's the effort that you put in, the consistent effort that you put in, and this goes back to why I think it's so important that what's that thing you do for free for the rest of your life? Like I'd literally just record podcasts all day. It's nice, obviously, if people listen to it, but even if they don't, it feels really good just to record one, and I feel happy about that. Mm. So I'm not sitting mm. here going, "Oh, this podcast needs to be listened to by 10 million people," right? Yeah. Joe Rogan did a thousand podcasts before he got picked up. It's a lot of podcasts. <laughs> yeah. yes. right? His first 300 podcasts, no one's even gone, you know, you might have <laughs> gone because you're a diehard fan, but people wouldn't have even known about that back then. Mm -hmm. It's it's consistency It's and it's doing that thing that, one, you love doing because when you love doing it and you, you will naturally become the best at it that you could possibly be and when you're the best at something that you could possibly be, that's going to be the true predicate to whether or not you're going to make it successful. Wow. Thank you. <laughs> that was awesome. We, we, we lived it, man. I appreciate you yeah. uh, 100%. Thank you so much for obviously the value and, and showing the way because I think a lot of people need that, right? Uh, we talked about it earlier, why they're not taught at the, at the very beginning. Well, maybe there's no enough of those coaches, right, that have lived through things that you've lived through. So I appreciate you and hopefully we can help the audience because it did help us personally and that's why we love doing this thing. Yeah. Um, and, so yeah. And me personally, once again, I want to thank you for the, the challenging <laughs> of ideas. Yes. I, I, I love that, honestly. I, I feel like that's when people mm. learn the most, when they find, mm. you know, this... Um, not necessarily conflicting ideas, but maybe people that don't agree 100% with what you're having to say. Well, there's always three sides to a story, right? Yep. Your side, my side, and then somewhere in the middle lies the truth. So that's true. <laughs> we got to go try it. So, uh, Brett, where can people find you? Where can people connect with you? Uh, you could go to brettcampbell.com.au and go click on the podcast and go check out my podcast. That's probably the best place. Or just find me on the Instagrams or Facebook, Brett Campbell Official, and connect. Drop me a DM. Tell me you've listened to the 
episode from here and um, I'll be sure to ping you back. Awesome. Hi, uh, Brent. You heard it, guys. Yeah, you heard uh, it. Correct. So don't think we have two minutes after the show is over. But with that being said, guys, thank you so much for tuning in to the Content is Profit podcast. Please go ahead and subscribe. And also follow us on social media at BizBrosco. That's right. And if you found this episode impactful, which I am sure you did, don't forget to share it and, and leave a five-star review. Thank you. Thank you, guys.